0: It's Chinese Language Week in Auckland, New Zealand. Many teenagers are participating.
1: A traditional lion dance signalled the start of New Zealand's Chinese Language Week. That's
2: the state-owned China Global Television Network reporting on our eighth annual celebration of the Chinese language.
1: Before high school students from several major
2: cities demonstrated their skill speaking Mandarin. Hang on. Speaking Mandarin. There are about 260 Chinese languages and dialects. In New Zealand, there are nearly a quarter of a million people of Chinese descent. Just over a third of them speak Mandarin. A sizeable portion of the rest of that community is feeling left out and a bit angry that one language dominates Chinese language week.
1: It steps on 180 years of the mahi of Chinese New Zealanders. I mean, it it kind of uses us and our whakapapa and then just takes the piss. I'm Alexia
2: Russell, and today on The Detail, simmering resentment that the official dialect of the People's Republic of China is being elevated above all others here in New Zealand, especially when Aotearoa's first Chinese settlers spoke Cantonese, and especially when, in places such as Hong Kong, the implementation of Mandarin is now being weaponised
1: protesters out on the streets of Hong Kong in what they see as the defence of their dialect and their identity. They're angry at proposals to change some TV programmes from the local Cantonese dialect to Mandarin Chinese in the neighbouring city of Guangzhou. We are actually seeing in Hong Kong schools some kids claiming they're being punished for speaking Cantonese. So it's kind of this Beijing hegemonic colonial project that's playing out in Hong Kong. And we seem to be repeating it here. It's it's almost like here's a Chinese language trust run by Pākehā, we're being told what is Chinese and which is the right Chinese language, and that's kind of a slap in the face because I think we should be the ones deciding which is the Chinese language that we choose, which is the one we identify with, what is right for our culture.
2: Soon we'll be hearing more from Wellington publisher Jack Yan who's blogged about the frustration of randoms coming up to non mandarin speaking Chinese and saying, ni hao, but first...
3: Hello, ni hao, kia and welcome to New Zealand Chinese Language Week. My name is Jo Coghlan and I am the chair of the New Zealand Chinese Language Week Charitable Trust. New Zealand Chinese Language Week is a Kiwi-driven initiative to encourage Kiwis to give learning Chinese a go.
2: Jo Cogdon is one of those busy women who gets things done.
3: Chinese Language Week was actually the brainchild or the idea of Raymond Huo, who was the then Labour MP. And um, I'd been on a number of business delegations to China in my role as uh, the Chair of Economics for the Wellington City Council. I was a Wellington City Councillor and... Um, Raymond asked me if I would join him as the co-chair of the trust and uh, right at the outset, and I think that was because he thought that um, I would be able to actually just help him make it happen.
2: Did you have a connection to China before then?
3: No, not at all. no, I just was interested, I mean I've got six kids and obviously I'm interested in really being able to help the, you know, the future generations coming through and um, the only connection that we had uh, was in terms of work, just essentially uh, through my work at the Wellington City Council and taking these delegations, which was just a huge eye-opener, and then latterly. um you know, some work that we were doing in China ourselves. So, I mean, yeah, just a huge eye-opener, really, going to China, not understanding the language, actually not being familiar at all with the culture. And when Raymond asked if I would assist him, I thought, yes, that sounds like a really interesting project and I'd love to be involved.
2: How did it feel to go with a delegation to someone's country and having to completely 100% rely on translators to understand what they were talking about?
3: Oh, you know, you feel quite vulnerable at times, and um, I think you know, particularly because you know, you just—it's it, just such a it's just such an unusual feeling to be sitting there and not actually understand what somebody is saying. <laughs> who's talking? Who's talking? And you know, we rely on body language and things like that, but it's just very difficult when you, you just can't understand it, and it's, and it's hard to get a sense of the language too. Like it's just quite foreign in terms of tones and sounds and um, so I felt it made me feel, uh, I I think, a bit useless really, (laughs) a bit kind of uneducated. and um, I think I just thought, oh, well, you know, uh, learning a language really is probably a lifetime journey. Um, I'm a wee way through my life now but I'm certainly happy, although it might be difficult for me to necessarily take a few years off to go and learn uh, the language I'd like to be able to encourage my own children and and youth and other young people coming through.
2: Why do we call it Chinese language Week when there are so many languages and, and you've sort of concentrated on Mandarin haven't you?
3: Yeah well that's because um, that's what's taught in our own schools and in our own universities and um, so that just that just made that, that's just made sense to us. I mean, that's where the resources are. That's what the that's what the that's what is taught in our own New Zealand education system.
2: Was there a conscious decision to sort of just let, let's just keep it to Mandarin, or do you have sort of branches of Chinese language week that? talk about oh, other we're languages? we're trying to
3: keep it simple, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, well, you know, we, we're absolutely happy to, and we've got website, on our website there are videos of support for New Zealand Chinese Language Week and other languages such as Cantonese. So this year our theme is sharing our stories and we welcome all stories. Um, the fact that we... You know that the majority of our resources at the moment are in Mandarin. Doesn't mean that we don't recognise other Chinese languages, but you know we're just saying, well, if anyone, it, let's just get cracking with what's taught in our own in our own school system first, and then we can evolve and develop as time goes on.
2: But Jack Yan says non-Mandarin speaking Chinese New Zealanders have been asking for more inclusion for the last eight years.
1: It more came to a head this year than the previous years, because. So many of us have been saying these things individually. And the, the, the positive side of social media, one of the few, is that we all found each other and we're going, oh, hang on, have you been saying this? Or oh, so have I, and so have I. So um, when you realize that so many of us have been saying for so many years, then it's frustrating to think we haven't been heard. It's like, oh, our voices, the voices of Chinese and New Zealanders, people descended from Chinese who have been here for almost two centuries, for over for 180 years, have been ignored in favor of the Chinese government. Um, a government which another group of immigrants who came after 1949 wanted to get away from. And here we are importing it willingly um, and telling Chinese New Zealanders that we don't care about your heritage and we're speaking under the carpet. So I think all of that just came to head so, so much this year and we all just said, hang on, this is not on. One of the disgruntled
2: is New Zealand Poet Laureate Chris Tease. He was asked by New Zealand Chinese Language Week to write a poem for the occasion. He refused to. Then he wrote this and we asked him to read it to us.
4: Chinese Language Week Exam. Explain why in politics and economics... Two Mandarin speakers are worth more than two Cantonese speakers. Define propaganda. Define language rights. Define resistance. Explain why, when they say, the state popularises Putonghua, they're really saying, we will colonise our own people. There are 56 official ethnic groups in China and 302 living languages. Describe the methods you would use to reduce the latter figure to one. Set out the names of allies who can assist with perpetuating language oppression. Show how 168 years of Cantonese-speaking history in Aotearoa is rendered invisible in the name of economic prosperity. Show your working.
1: Chris's kōrero um, Chris's on this was spot on. And um, because it seems that he had been through years of frustration, Richard Learn had been through years of frustration trying to engage with the organisers. That so many of us have been at the organisers, saying, "Make it more inclusive. Include us, please." You know, this isn't genuine. This isn't being authentic to what you're calling it. Please recognise us, and we've been ignored. So, of course, I'm not surprised this time there you know, that Chris, who's fantastic, Chris's poem. Uh I I find it incredible because here is really about what, a hundred words or so, distilling yeah. the entire issue. And I I'm I'm truly grateful for Chris. I'm truly grateful for all the others who've actually written written pieces. And finally I think we're we're being noticed for the first time. And one would hope that we're being noticed enough for the organizers to say, Hmm, maybe we've been doing it wrong these last eight years because it's pissing a lot of people off.
2: Does it bother you that the literature that's being sent out to schools and the language that is being taught in schools is Mandarin?
1: Well, again, it comes back to authenticity. I mean, if if you're generally promoting these as, this is representative of one of the Chinese languages um, that is spoken in China, then I don't have a problem with with those books. If people are being informed that, yes, uh, the people, different groups in China will write these words differently. They will even use the different script in some cases. Then why not? But let's get behind some of the individual books as well. I mean, I know there are uh, Chinese New Zealanders have applied to Politeks Trust for, to cr- create books about the genuine Chinese heritage that's been happening in Aotearoa for 180 years. You know, some of those books are going out too. Let's see. Let's see more of those stories being told. It's just like the curriculum for general. Aotearoa uh, history these days, it's finally including the reality of what happened after 1840. Um, let's have those stories told too, because it's just important we get a, a genuine picture and not this one-sided, this idea that, oh, there's one one Chinese culture, it's this monolithic thing, and you, and all Chinese people are like this. So so in a way, it's
2: about the framing in terms of if you're going to teach a language, sure, pick one. Okay, Mandarin, because it's the government language. But tell the kids, this is one of many kind of thing.
1: This is one of many. And don't sweep the historical significance of all New Zealand Chinese under the carpet, which is what's been happening here. Uh, It's saying, here it is. We're, We're brash. We've got the whole week. We've got these events tied in with us. Um, oh, yeah, but those other people have been here 180 years. Let's just ignore them. <laughs> you know, that's what it feels like. It's, it, we're being swept under the carpet and ignored. And if we are generally a part of our and I think most right-thinking New Zealanders would accept that we are, then let's have our up and let's honour the mahi that our ancestors put into this country. You know, the hard work, the poll tax they pay, the fact they we were separated in families, the gold miners were separated. We, you know, the poll tax wasn't even abolished in the 50s. Um, and let's be genuine about it. I mean, the poll tax trust was even set up to promote the history of Chinese New Zealanders. And I remember the apology was delivered in Mandarin. Like, yeah. Come on, guys, get it right. Yeah. Um, we're 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 here, so please just honour our Papa and please honour our reo.
2: The interesting thing about this is, and calling it a week and dedicating it to Chinese culture, is that it's it's by far not the only way that people absorb Chinese culture in New Zealand. I mean, we always have big Chinese New Year celebrations, lantern Festival, particularly in Auckland, so many um, Chinese people here that you, you know, the cuisine. I mean, is this a case of just like, okay, let them have their Mandarin week and we'll go and do our thing elsewhere? Uh,
1: but here's the thing. some of those other events too tend to promote Mandarin. Um, and as a result, we're seeing the same pattern happen. Yeah, the, the Chinese embassy gets behind a lot of these and they have their agenda, which is promote Mandarin and they promote their culture and, and their governmental position. Uh, so... When you're saying, yes, there are these events, but the same patterns repeating through a lot of these events, um, especially in Auckland. Auckland is a real... There's a lot of Mandarin spoken in Auckland. <laughs> when I go up there, uh, I, I'm I'm often lost. Uh, Cantonese is as distinct to Mandarin as Danish is to an Italian. You know, that's how different they are.
3: All resources that we provide are trilingual in Chinese, English and Te Reo Māori. This includes a trilingual children's book we specially publish every year. That book is donated to more than 700 schools and libraries nationwide.
2: One of the reactions to this has been from non-Mandarin speakers, Cantonese speakers and other dialects, who... the the headline of stuff, this is going to be cringe Chinese Language Week falls flat for some Chinese Kiwis. What's your sort of answer to that, um, that that this isolates some of those Chinese communities who do not speak Mandarin?
3: Um, No, I think, you know, we've never never said that we don't um, welcome the stories of any uh, Chinese language speaking communities and, you know, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but uh, um, certainly, as I've already said, you know, we do welcome those stories. And, in fact, we have had uh, Meng Foon, who's of Cantonese descent, you know, very involved in New Zealand Chinese Language Week, um, you know, reading a book last year to children in a classroom in Rotorua. And, in fact, he's going to be doing the same again this year at Thorndon School in Wellington. Um, I think we had uh, a couple of ACT MPs last year speaking Cantonese. On our uh, with our welcome videos this year, uh, the national team did a uh, video and was speaking Cantonese. Um, the prime minister herself spoke Cantonese in her video of welcome and support for New Zealand Chinese
0: Language Week. Nihau li ho, le or ho, li ho. O kia ora. in the four of the main dialects spoken by Chinese communities here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Happy New Zealand Chinese Language Week 2022.
3: We had a number of people who, you know, were of Cantonese descent last year that shared their stories with Chinese Language Week. And we had uh, Connie Clarkson, who is a chef um, with Cantonese background, you know, sharing her dumpling-making technique. So, you know, I mean, I think, uh, uh, I think we are very all-embracing, very encompassing, and look forward to hearing more stories from, from people throughout New Zealand Chinese Language Week.
4: Today I have
1: MP Nancy Chen with me, who will be doing the prayer in Mandarin today for New Zealand Chinese Language Week.
0: 大家好, and thank you. 谢谢, Mr Speaker, for having me here today. It's about
3: Kiwis encouraging Kiwis to give Chinese a go. I mean, you know, that's the whole point. It's about sort of bridging the cultural gap. and. You know, it's like, it's, it's getting people... I mean, our Mandarin superstars are superstars by virtue of the fact that they have gone on a Chinese language learning journey.
4: I first started learning Chinese in high school. Um, I'm half Chinese, so the main attraction for me was to learn more about my culture and my family's history. And although my granddad, or Wai Gong in Mandarin, um, he can speak English, he is also proficient in Mandarin, so, I wanted to be able to communicate with him using Mandarin
3: too so you know they 've come from all walks of life and they 've been inspired to learn uh, the language for different reasons um, and you know that, i mean that's the whole that 's the whole uh, genesis of it really it's it 's about Kiwis saying to other Kiwis, "Oh look, you know this could be you know we've we 've found that." Um, learning the language has given us a, um, an interesting insight into another culture, it's given us opportunities with business, it's given us other uh, other advantages and opportunities that we wouldn't have otherwise. It's opened our window to the world, so why don't you come on board and, and give it a go as well.
0: Since 2014, New Zealand Chinese Language Week has helped promote and encourage Chinese language learning here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Our country is home to more than 240,000 Chinese New Zealanders who all play a significant role in contributing to our diverse culture. Learning a language is a great way of showing Manaki tanga to others. Communicating with someone in their language also lets you see things from a different perspective. So even if it's as simple as learning a new greeting, I encourage you to give Chinese a go this week.
1: I don't have a problem with with it if they called it Mandarin Language Week because that's genuinely what it is.
2: But Jack Yan does have a problem with a Chinese-centred event in New Zealand that ignores history.
1: You know, we're talking about the first Chinese New Zealanders coming here and they would have spoken Cantonese. Cantonese was the number one Chinese language that was spoken Aotearoa until very recently. Um, And they might have spoken a village dialect as well. Who were they? Originally, they were gold miners, right? Well, a lot of them were. um If you sort of go back, some of them were merchants, and they were really all manner of um immigrants, but largely from the Guangdong province, which is in in the south, where um, Taishan and Hong Kong and all these places are today. So these folks tend to speak Cantonese and not Mandarin, which is entirely distinct. It is so, so different from Mandarin. And what we're noticing now, of course, is after 1949, the communist government in China is trying to wipe all these languages out. They're saying there's one official language, it's Mandarin. They're shutting down radio stations back there which speak Cantonese. They're not teaching it or it's not encouraged to be taught. There is isn't this embrace of our real... It's very similar to what we we have seen with how Te Reo Māori has gone as well. You know, there were years when it was in the wilderness, it was discouraged, English was the lingua franca. And so when it comes to the New Zealand Chinese language, we, we're saying, hang on, what you guys are promoting is not Chinese as we know it. We're not part of the Chinese Communist Party. We're not trying to carry out their agenda here in Aotearoa. Yeah, you know, we're a sovereign country. We have our own identity, and New Zealand Chinese, our identity is largely tied up with Cantonese and the culture in the area. there.
2: Is it, is it fair, though, to brand a language as an instrument of a communist government? Is that really what's happening here? Or are they just sort of going, OK, let's get people talking to people in China. We have a lot of trade with China. It's a great thing for kids to learn because one day they might be working for Frontera or be diplomats. Yeah. Let's choose a language. We'll, we'll choose the government
1: language well there's you, you could say you could say there's part of that, but I mean, what if these people are also going to do business in Hong Kong? Well, this is largely fruitless in that case you 'd rather be speaking Cantonese or if they 're meeting other um, Chinese in other countries like the Philippines and Malaysia you're better off doing Hokkien or Hakka in those places so how i can 't see how it 's right to reduce uh, the hundreds of languages in China down to one and say, well, this is the one, this is the one we're going to go with uh, for the sake of business. It kind of also ignores really the richness of China itself. It's it's full of different cultures. Um, Here we are in New Zealand saying, well, yeah, we support the people of Tibet and we support the Uyghurs in Xinjiang. But, you know, on the one hand, we're doing this. On the other hand, well, let's all promote Mandarin. It's really quite disingenuous, in my opinion. And if people want to become diplomats and if they want to do business, surely they should be going there with the entire richness of the culture they're going into. It's like coming to New Zealand and saying to someone in Britain, or saying to someone in Europe, hey, um, you don't need to learn te reo Maori if you're going to come to New Zealand. Everyone does business in English. Um, How's that good? Because you're not embracing then or understanding there is this whole separate layer in this country um, from to whenua. So it's, it's really a similar argument. By the same token, there's no European Language Week. <laughs>
2: yeah, or it would be like having a Polynesian Language Week and then only sort of promoting Samoan or something like that.
1: Yeah, at the exclusion of tokelau and Tonga toke and Te Reo Māori and, and Tahitian and so forth. It's It's very, very similar. I think that's a perfect analogy for it.
2: Given the the bit of criticism that has been launched at the week this year, would you look at perhaps making a few tweaks next year involving more sort of people of different dialects? Do. I've
3: already said that, that, that we do do that. So mm. um, I think that we you know we look forward to you know uh, hearing from everyone. We'll continue to embrace the stories of of Chinese living in New Zealand, and uh, you know just continue to, to try and do what we can to encourage New Zealanders to give Chinese a go.
2: That's it for today. I'm Alexia Russell. The detail is public interest journalism funded through NZ On Air and produced by Newsroom 4RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by William Saunders and produced by Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. Thanks to Joe Coglin and Jack Gann and to Chris
0: J C R. Thank you. And happy New Zealand Chinese Language Week, everyone.